Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hey everyone, and welcome to Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Um, hi Leah. Hi Becky. How are you? I'm good, how are you? Fine, it's been a minute since you and I did an episode together, and so I forgot to introduce you. Okay, I figured which like the pause and they can see the pause because we're on video tonight. So they can see how Becky forgot how we start the episodes. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It happens. I'm actually really excited to talk about this with you because you and I have debated where it falls into our favorites in this series. We have. Um, So we are reviewing book four in the Boston Billionaire Doctor series from Jay Salmon. Uh, Dr. Playboy. Mm-hmm. And um, this one is this one is the no, one that why don't we do the Goodreads and all that stuff. Do Goodreads and then we can, and then we can get into all the things. <laughs> and then we'll get into all the things because if we don't get into the Goodreads now it'll be a while. Okay. So synopsis from Goodreads. He was older and possibly gorgeous and had no clue I existed. Luca Fritz was the worst sort of playboy, constantly falling in and out of love with every woman he met. I used to spend hours of my life staring at the huge Fritz Fritz mansion from the window of the staff house dreaming of him. By 18, I'd all but given up my fantasy set off to go to the conservatory in London to follow my dreams when fate stepped in with other ideas. That summer, I was young, innocent, and forbidden to him. I knew when we succumbed to the explosive passion between us that he would inevitably ruin me. I wasn't wrong. Four years later, fate <laughs> excuse me, decides to step in again. I'm offered my dream job as a first chair cellist for the Boston Symphony Orchestra, only I know what comes with it. Luca Fritz. On opening night, he comes barreling back into my life, desperate for a shot at his second chance, a second chance I have no intention of giving. Now a brilliant neurosurgeon, he thinks he knows exactly the right way to crawl back, not only into my bed, but into my heart. I don't care how persistent, unexpected, or clever he is. I am not that lovesick teenage girl anymore. It'll take a hell of a lot more than panty melting smiles and heart stopping encounters to win me back over. This cocky playboy is about to learn that all's fair in love and war. And this is the latter. Dr. Playboy is a 120,000 word, see me an emotional second chance age gap romance. It is a standalone in the best selling Boston billionaires bachelors series. That's a lot of a lot of bees there featuring Boston's hottest billionaire doctors and the women they fall head over heels for. Okay, uh, release date is June 6th of 2022. Tropes, billionaire, doctor, family series, age gap. He is a dirty talker. He is delightfully dirty. And uh, this is a second chance romance. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, like we said, it's Boston Billionaire Bachelors book four. It is an interconnected- Say that four times fast. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. It is a- interconnected series of standalones mm-hmm. and the put out percentage is eight percent but but that is just part one part two yeah i don't know what it is a part two i but think it's, it's little, more it's... like 68 percent. i mean of the book yeah because 
the way the book is broke down, which actually let's talk about that for just a second. Cause I love the way that Julie did this. She did not write anything in flashback form, which sometimes is a little off putting when you're reading the story. So the summer that Raven and Luca get together in like that, their entire story of how they started is part one of the book. And then part two of the book is when Raven comes home. Yeah. And it is a choice to tell a story in two parts like this mm -hmm. um, and not use flashbacks because you want to make sure that your reader is staying in the moment and connected to the current story. Um, I think that Jay Salmon did a really good job in telling this in two parts mm -hmm. uh, because you are engaged very much in the first part. It doesn't feel unnecessary. It doesn't feel like an, sometimes they can feel like an overly long prologue. Prologue. Mm -hmm. This does not. Um, and at the moment when things break off between the two of them, there are people that should get punched. And there In are the people. Nuts. There are people that need to shut their holes. It's not Choices people. were made. They're not. There are people. There is person. No, there Kaplan gets person. his. Kaplan puts his big fat nose into it, too. Landon and Kaplan, the two brothers. I feel like Landon much more deserves the dick punch than Kaplan does. I'm not saying he deserves a dick punch, but he should have kept his damn mouth shut because then he kind of did some slimy things. He went behind his brother's back mm -hmm. and kind of was a little bit manipulative as far as getting Raven back, back to Boston. Well, he was like the puppet master. He was because he, he was, was pulling strings like when she was gone, too, because so the like only two, <laughs> the only three Fritz siblings that really survived not getting pushed down a set of stairs are Renna, Oliver and Carter. Mm -hmm. Everybody else has taken a tumble. Yeah. It's true. Um, I mean, I would just I would throw Landon just kind of push Kaplan, though. Yeah, just just yeah. putting that out there. <laughs> so let's talk about who Luca Luca Fr Abbott okay. Fritz is. Mm -hmm. He is the twin of Landon. Uh huh. And in the first half of this series, he is in the midst of his fellowship in neurosurgery, and there's an accident that happens. Mm -hmm. And because of that accident, he is sent home having to have some surgery done to his shoulder that could play a very dynamic piece in his trajectory of his career mm -hmm. because there was some nerve damage and he needs to heal. And because neurosurgery is so tiny and intricate, you know, it has to, he has to get all of his nerve endings and sensories back. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's struggling because he doesn't know what's going to happen. Cause this is like, this has been his goal for a really long time. And so like when this happens, his world is kind of imploding just a little bit. Yeah. And I don't know. I worry about his connection to Raven in that first half of the book a little bit, because for so long, he was so focused on neurosurgery and neurosurgery is one of the hardest, um, specialties to do and you have to be super focused and to mm -hmm. have that kind of taken away from him and to have that in this balance and you know in the unknown he latched on to someone hoping that that was going to help fill his space and and there were a couple moments where i questioned his um 
intentions towards Raven? Were they truly genuine mm -hmm. or was this a situation of um, opportunity? Well, and I think once you get even like at the end of part one, you still kind of question that, like you question, like what is like the method behind all of this? But as you meet Luca in part two and you hear about like what has been happening in these past few years and how he has been dedicated to her and some of the dumbass things like he has done, like to try and like apologize from afar in a sense like you understand like there was no like ulterior motive for him like it truly was this genuine connection that he wanted yeah so let's talk about raven and how she fits into this puzzle and into the fritz uh the abbott fritz family because she actually has been a long time piece um within the family dynamic mm-hmm she is yeah, the so daughter her dad her dad works for the family he is there he's their driver no he's in charge of their security he is the in head her, of the security force but he oh. drives a lot for them too doesn't he well yeah because he was actually like basically <laughs> miss uh dr fritz's um body man uh head mm -hmm. of their security and he also oversaw um the entire uh compound compound there's the word the compound that the family lived on um because mm -hmm. he oversaw like all the employees and things that and schedules and stuff like that so uh raven grew up on the compound mm -hmm. she did things with the children she was friendly with renna friendly with carter mm -hmm. um because she's not younger than they are she is no, about the same she... age as renna i think I think they are the same age. And if not, there's maybe a year in between them because you figure at the beginning of the book, she's about 18. And so it's been four years. So she's in her early twenties and Rena is only like 23, 24. 24 yeah. In these books. Yeah. So, I mean, if there, if there's a gap, it's a year, two yeah. tops. So like her and Rena, and actually you, you learn throughout the book that like she has stayed friends with Rena and has created a friendship with Grace, who is Oliver's Carter's. girlfriend. No, Carter's girlfriend. Yeah, because Carter's Oliver girlfriend. and Grace, yes, are best friends. She, yes, best yes. friends forever. Um, <laughs> so Raven is a gifted cellist. Cellist. Um, cellist. <laughs> sorry no it's okay i was trying to be funny but anyway <laughs> she's a gifted cellist and um she is uh <laughs> it's her passion like she mm -hmm. lives and breathes her music it embodies her entire soul it moves her forward um mm -hmm. in the in her decisions in her choice and one of the things that it's happened is she's now 18 she's been accepted into the london conservatory of music and she's going but she's spending a summer on the cape with the family before mm -hmm. she leaves for london and this is when she falls in love with luca yeah they have she's always summer. been kind of he's she's always been kind of lust with luca because like He's always been a part, like she's always been there. So she's always had this like teenage crush on him, but he, he reciprocates this time around. 
So let's talk about when she comes back to Boston, because as we mentioned, Kaplan is kind of moving some pieces in the background that nobody really knows that he is moving. Mm-hmm. He has made, and I don't want to spoil anything on this book because I really want everyone to go read it. I really want everyone to read this whole series. It's but Cap- Kaplan does some things that are a little dirty dog. Because he is a dirty dog. And it, and I think, <laughs> I think he does them out of love and on like honestly out of love for the two of them because he he has seen the downward spiral of Luca without her and like he is the one that Raven talks to the most because he made sure that that happened like he kept in touch with her he reached out to her like she will even say that Kaplan is her best friend yeah so she comes back and Luca is all in. He is like ready with the flowers, the candy, the grand gestures. He is going to win Raven back. Yeah. And she wants nothing to do with it. She wants nothing to do with it. She is not willing to give him a second chance. She is not interested wow. in his so, excuses. Let me just say, like, because the way that he, the way that he broke her heart was bad. Well, you the way he broke her punch. heart, but there's also rumors swirling around him that he mm-hmm. is a playboy, that he has a different woman on his arm every night, and that he, you know, like, you know, goes through ladies like Kleenex. And we actually learn in Landon's book, the book previous, that things aren't always planted. sometimes aren't always the things they, you know, it doesn't always seem to be. Seem to be. You get a little things, couple Easter eggs. You do. Just, just saying that. Um <clears throat> I I I really struggled a little bit with Luca and Raven and their dynamic after they decided to come together because there is this piece that I don't want to give away but it was very frustrating because they were once again potentially going to be torn apart. Mhm. And we, you do get an HEA at the end of this book. Do not do not fear. There is no big breakup or anything like that. But I just wish that Landon had learned his lessons. Well, I think I think the thing with Landon was he was so single-minded. Like once she came back where he was like, this is what I want. This is who I want to be. And I'm going to do everything that I can to make this happen. And I'm just going to ignore everything around me and ignore things that I've been doing to keep my mind off of her while she was gone. Yeah. Like I wanted to stick Landon at the chalkboard and make him write 1 million times. I will not be stupid. I will learn to communicate. (laughs) I will not be stupid. I will learn to communicate because at the end of the day, it was his inability to communicate, Mm -hmm. to talk through things that caused issues. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's another piece in this book that I just want to touch on a little bit before we get to our questions there throughout these stories. One of the interconnected pieces is that Mrs. Abbott's Fritz is fighting cancer Mm -hmm. and don't worry, nothing happening. Mm -hmm. All good. But there is some stuff that is health related to her And one of the things that I love about this series and actually the previous series too, that flows into this one is this dynamic of family 
and that they mm-hmm. kind of when there is crisis, like when Lucas screws up, they swarm together with ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, Mama Fritz is sick. They swarm together to help her. And I just I love that. Well, and one thing I really love is this is a family that they fight, they bicker, but at the end of the day, they get along. They love each other. They want to be around each other. They make the family unit stronger together. Like it is not Fritz versus Fritz. It is not like brother versus brother. It is a family unit as a whole. And when when struggles show up, like they struggle together, they hold each other's hand. Like that's the thing. Like there's no fear to show that emotion in those moments yeah. as a family. Um, and <clears throat> I just want to put out there to Julie Salmon <laughs> that I really need Rena to get freaking married already. Well, they're. In- would that be a spoiler if I say I think, that? No, I don't think so. Because we know at the end <clears throat> of her own book, At the Edge of Chaos, that they're engaged at the edge okay, of so chaos. Okay, so get, they get engaged in this book. Yeah, because that's... So she, uh, they're moving for, towards it. Maybe in Kaplan's book, they'll get married. Listen, I'm really sick. <laughs> I have been waiting for... Four books now. Kaplan's book maybe will be book five. Just do, maybe it'll just do like a five-way wedding and all of them can get married at the same time. Uh, didn't Oliver get married at the end of this book? No. No, I think they just actually got real engaged. Somebody was married at the they... end of this book. Was, was it, it Carter? Oliver? It might have been Carter and Grace. Grace. Somebody's wedding is the epilogue. All I know is if Renna doesn't freaking get married, I'm going to start to lose my brain. I mean, you can I just write a, you could, <laughs> you won't, you'll just write a strongly worded email to Julie and be like, I'm very distraught by this. And she'll be like, oh, Becky, oh, well. <laughs> anyway, I have big feelings about this. I've been waiting for five books. Let oh. me have her HEA. I mean, it makes sense that she doesn't have one or she has her HEA. I just want a wedding. You know, you know it's going to happen. I just want a wedding. She deserves to be a beautiful bride. She is the bestest character. Anyway, um, before we, because there are rumors that circulating that we might be getting Dr. Untouchable sooner than later. Um, If you had to pick your ultimate Fritz right now, based on the four books we've read so far, who's your book boyfriend? Carter. Carter? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm sorry you're wrong, but it's fine. <laughs> I I flip flop though. Like today it is Carter. Tomorrow it could be Landon. No, it's Landon's mine. I licked him first. No, you cannot lick them all. I licked it him is first. Fair. Okay. Well, you know what? I just lick all of the other ones. I claim all the other ones. You can't do that. You That's can against have, the rules. No, you can have Landon. Danielle, Danielle licks them all, so I can lick them all. Danielle doesn't count. Anyway. Okay, Leah, did you like this book? Is that a rhetorical question? No, answer it. I asked it. (laughs) Yes, yes. I love this book. I love this series. You need to read this book. It is dynamic and wonderful. And you will want to punch multiple Abbott Fritzes, but they make up for it. 
They do. How about you? Do you like this book? I do like this book. I do like this book. <laughs> um, Luca was incredibly frustrating. Raven was incredibly frustrating. But I do like a book that kind of challenges me. You know, I don't want every book to be an easy read and just at the end of the book be like, swoon, I'm happy. I want to think about this. And you and I actually have had a couple discussions about Landon mm-hmm. versus Luca and whose story was a little better. And I am team Landon. Um I think Landon had the largest character growth. Right. But I think, but again, like when we talked about, I think with Luca and Raven's story, like both of them were kind of like, they like knew like what they wanted and where they wanted to be. Like they didn't, I mean, there just seemed to be an immaturity to both of them in their choices that they made. And especially when they have that moment later on in the book, because Luca is not capable of communication. A dumbass. It just continued to show his immaturity, I think, in my opinion. Um, so it's really his immaturity, just like naivety, naivete that like he needs to tell people things. Cause like the first team season, it's like, they know everything Team about Landon. everything. So I think that's part of his issue. It's like he just assumes that everybody's going to know everything. Team because Landon. they kind of do. Okay. Who would typically like this book? Everybody. Everybody would like this book. If you like romance, you would like this book. I agree with that statement. This covers all, all mm-hmm. the things. It um, does. Would you recommend this book? No. Yes. Yes, I would recommend it. Of I course too. I would. And we do we constantly recommend it. Like this is this is a series we are constantly talking about. It is that good. Because of a random TikTok, we all are in love with Jay Salmon now. It's true. And she's a delightful person as well. So that delightful. makes it even better. Um, okay, so if you guys have a book you think that we should be adding to our quick shots of romance. Go ahead and send us an email to the bees at bookcaseandcoffee.com. We want you to fill our TBR as much as we want to destroy your TBR. Um, mm-hmm. Leah, it was great to talk about this book with you. It was, because now everybody knows how much we fight about it. <laughs> we do. Um, anyway, until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.